This is Brian Kennedy, and you're listening to Bacon and an A's. So don't you dare think about changing it now. You're Bacon. And you're an A's. And this is Bacon and A's. Bacon and A's! Is, is that, okay, maybe we'll go with that as a theme song for this episode. Uh, this is a interview pants episode, and I am interviewing returning guest, uh, musician. Woo! Here to promote his brand new album, Payaso, available at thelmorigo.bandcamp.com. It is Thelma Rigo. Yay! From Florida. Yay! <laughs> is, this, is this my fourth time on your show? I'm pretty sure it is. I can't remember, I can't remember how many times. I know you did the Bacon A show with Jimmy at least once, maybe twice. Twice, I think, yeah. Yeah. And then before that, you did, I think, twice. So this might be the fifth. I'm not. I can't remember. Shit. Let's just say that. Shit. Uh, but like we said, former guest on the show, former host of the Dream Theater Radio podcast, uh, Jack of all trades. <laughs> Something like that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Master of none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, your album uh, came out this week. Yes. Thelmorigo.bandcamp.com. I'll have links of all that shit so people will know how to spell your name (laughs) through the links. There you go. Um, But we're going to talk about your album on here, obviously. Uh, But this week has been busy, so I feel like we should catch up on, like, a couple of other things first, just to, like, break the ice. Sure, go for it. Okay, so I made notes. I have to get to them. You're nothing if not professional, so. <laughs> That's right. As you, as you can tell by the intro where I like gave the rundown of everything that you do. First of all, why do you, why did you choose not to do the Dream Theater Radio thing anymore? Because we're getting ready to talk about them in a second. Cool, yeah. Um it's not so much I choose not to do it. It's more of um, I ran out of time to do it mixed with – but that's still an excuse because I would have made time to keep doing it if it had stayed, like, as popular. But, like, once I got past the initial, like, albums, you know, like the real, like, studio albums and started getting into more of, like, the nitty-gritty, like the, you know, like, solo albums and, and – other projects and things like that. Like, you, you know, the viewership like really kind of dropped off, which I kind of expected, like just cause you like dream theater doesn't mean like you're going to listen to like liquid tension experiment or like something else. You know what I mean? But like, it really got to a point where like, you know, like I was super busy and then it wasn't really worth but at the time. Like I wasn't getting people that wanted to be guests really anymore very often or anything. So I was just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah. So, so it just came more to a natural kind of ending than you just being like, well, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. It was just sort of like, eh, the market is telling me maybe it's not worth my time when I already don't have that much time. Right, exactly, exactly. And, like, you know, when it comes to, like, this time, you know, you know like, in Dream Theater's progress where, like, 
a new album is starting to come out and the hype is starting to build and a tour is coming, then it's like, you know, you, you know, this is the times where I miss it. Like, I'd love to have conversations about these times. But like once that initial like six months is over and everybody's just kind of used to the new album and, and the tour is ongoing and whatever, like like their interest kind of like mellows out and then it's kind of like pointless for me. You know what I mean? So. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel like uh, we've we've talked about these guys um, a little bit on the podcast before. I think I might have edited that part out last time we talked. But <laughs> the Metal Up Your Podcast guys, um, their show's been running like two or three years strong now because they're in such a strong album cycle, like album tour cycle sort of deal. Yeah. So fan, <clears throat> like you said, fan interest is at a peak. So they're getting a ton of listens, you know, and I feel like that will, like the diehards will stick around, but then everybody else who's sort of on the periphery will sort of drop off and then they'll have to decide whether or not they want to continue to put all the effort into or not. Right. See, Metallica is kind of like a different beast too, because on one hand, their cycle, like album cycles, go so long. You know, we might, you know, we probably realistically won't get another Metallica album for the next six to eight years, probably. You know what I mean? So, like, how do they talk for that long before the next album? You know, but on the other hand, Metallica is such a bigger band than Dream Theater that, like, maybe there is just more shit going on to stay on. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's weird. <laughs> I do, well, I do know that. The pool of content for Metallica is definitely bigger. Right, for sure. For um, sure. Other that. But uh, on, well, while we're on Metallica, I wrote down a bunch of songs that they're playing that I, like, I'm actually going to see them with a couple of the other Onyx Edge dudes. Um, I wrote down a bunch of the songs that, the old school songs that are being filtered through the set here and there. Okay. And, and, these are the songs that I'm stoked to see when we see Mark in Kansas City, but uh, I'll only get a few of these. That's the thing. You know, there there's like a few slots where they switch out songs every night. So, yeah, yeah, they're definitely um, rotating some sets for sure. But these, song, these songs are what why I'm still a Metallica fan and like why I'm still excited to go and see them, that it's possible I can even see them play these, you know. Um Okay, so, and I'll I'll get a feel of what your kind of favorite era is after I list these off, but Sanitarium, Shortest Straw, No Remorse, Holier Than Thou, Motor Breath, Blackened, Leper Messiah, Through the Never, Hit the Lights, and Harvester of Sorrow are all still in set list of Metallica, which is what blows my mind. Yeah. But what what what's your kind of like peak interest of Metallica in the many years that they've been a band? Like, what album is your favorite? So my favorite is definitely Master of Puppets, um, with with Ride the Lightning and and Injustice for All being two very close seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, um, um, I do love Kill 'Em All as well. Like the quality is is definitely way lower, but I love like the rawness and the youth, like in, in you know, in James voice, he sounds like he's a little like teenager. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, um, well, he is. He, he, he pretty was. much was. <laughs> yeah. It's like seek and destroy, you know, 
it's cool. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're pretty on point with the old school crew mm-hmm. kind of ranking too, because Master is definitely best top to bottom. I would say. Yeah. Uh, as far as like every song is good, right. like that's the thing with that record, right. and then. Ride and Justice. I'm actually higher on Justice than I normally would be right now because of the release and stuff like that. Uh, I'm listening to it more. But Ride and Justice kind of go back and forth. And then, yeah. And then Kill em All, obviously. Those songs have, I mean, especially like maybe when Jason was in the band, he brought a force to those that they didn't previously have, I felt. Well, I think but, that's why um, Kill 'Em All is still so popular because the quality is obviously lower. But um, live, those songs still just kick so much ass that it just keeps people interested. Like Whiplash is always gonna like tear a fucking stadium down. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a yeah. great live album. You know? They they sort of punch you in the face, not like the other tunes do. You know? Yeah. See, uh, what's funny about Kill 'Em All uh, for me that's different than most people is my actually two favorite tracks are the first two. Like, I think Hit the Lights okay. and yeah. and The Four Horsemen, obviously. The, I mean, those are just fantastic fucking songs. Like, they're amazing. Hit, Hit the Lights is among their best album openers. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, and I, it makes sense that they still keep that here and there in the set. Um, anyway, we were going to talk about Dream Theater. Yes. Let's talk <laughs> about Dream off, Theater. We got off track immediately. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Untethered Angel is the uh, new song that's going to be on their album that comes out. Wh- when is it scheduled to come out? January? Uh, or is Feb- it later than that? February 22nd, I believe. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was way off. Um, okay, so <laughs> Untethered Angel, they put it up yesterday as of this recording that we're doing. Uh, give me your thoughts. Initial thoughts. I haven't even heard it yet. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. No, no. Um, So, let me talk about a few things about this, if it's okay, okay? Um, Yeah. As far as the song, um, it made me really happy in general. I think the guitars, bass, and drums sound fucking huge. Like, the mixing sounds amazing. Um... Um, you know, my one complaint is, and I think I, I, I expressed this to you when the teaser came out, is the vocals seem very, like, reverby and buried in the mix. And I still feel that way, you know, after the initial release. So I'm hoping it's just that one song. Because um, it definitely, like, it, it's it's hard to make out even what he's saying. It's so kind of washy, like, with the effects. You know what I mean? Um, but with that said, I mean, I don't think we listen to Dream Theater necessarily for the vocals. So, so if that's the only weak point, then that's fine with me. Cause like, I just thought the instruments were fucking huge and like, I really liked the way it all sounded. Um, what else? Um, go, go, let me address your first two points and sure. then we'll move forward. Uh, the vocals, sure. I noticed that they are effects heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely not everybody's bag. It, well, actually, James himself is not everybody's bag. But if you're a Dream Theater fan, you take it for, for this, you know. Uh, the but yes, the vocals are for sure, and they they sound weird in the mix. And we'll uh, we'll have to see going forward what how how that goes. But uh, 
as far as everything else, all the dr- the drums, the guitars, the bass, everything sounds like super strong, super heavy riffs in this song. Yeah. And I gotta say, like based on the last few records, I wasn't expecting that sort of style to come from. Them. But also, they're sort of known for every album as like a new swing at bat. You know what I mean? Like a, a new approach sometimes. So, um, I'm actually really super pleased with it uh, on the first couple initial listens. Yeah. It definitely had a lot of those dream theater kind of aspects too, like cool solo, cool back and forth between guitar and keyboards kind of thing. They had a cool little, uh, you know, like harmonized part. Um, so it definitely touched on a lot of that old school dream theater kind of thing that I really like for sure. Yeah. There's a couple, like there's a pre solo unison that I was stoked on. Yeah. Uh, the yeah the strong kick drum snare combo uh you know those are two super important things when it comes to metal in general if you don't nick that on the drum sound then i'm you're almost already checked out yeah i mean for sure but it's well produced and actually the video itself was super well put together i felt like they like really nailed down when everybody needed to be focused on, you know, and then they actually threw in the weird shit, like for Jersey with a barbecue grill. Yeah. Uh, they're making funny faces. It's always like, <laughs> it up for the camera. It's always good to see. Like they're, they were having a good time. Yeah, for so, sure. And that came across for I sure. Yeah. Now to move on to my second point I wanted to make about the song isn't even about the song. It's about dream theater fans, which more and more I find absolutely disgusting to be honest. Like I yeah. like like well, they're getting to the point where like you can't even call yourself a fan if this is really your opinion. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like you know, first off, like a lot of this song wow, that's terrible English. This song got a lot of praise at first, which I really thought was great. You know what I mean? But then like, the Mike Portnoy fanboys who hate everything Mike Portnoy's not in, like, they woke up, like, after 3 o'clock yesterday because they don't have jobs, and, like, they fucking started with the bullshit, like, in the afternoon, in the night. And it's just so... Yeah, well, <laughs> Go don't, uh, don't, don't, lump, don't lump all Portnoy fanboys as one thing, though. No, look... Because, like... Not at all. These are, the, these are just the trolls that you're talking about. Yeah, because I'm a like, Portnoy fanboy... I'm a Portnoy fanboy too. Matter of fact, we should also mention after this the uh, Neil Morse single that came out, which that's a whole other story. If you heard it, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and so, and we're we're not going to put them against each other either. No, because no, they're no, two no, totally different things. Absolutely, you can't even compare those things. But but continue your point. You know, all that to say, I also love Mike Portnoy and love most of the things that he's doing on the side. But like this whole like if it's not Mike Portnoy it's not good like bullshit it's been like almost 9 years like it's just so freaking frustrating and old you know what i mean <laughs> I don't know, it, it really is i mean um i you know what here's what i want to say what what went through my head after i dove into the comment section which um this is this is my only thing I can say to that is just don't go into the comment section anymore. That if 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 you if the, if it has to be all or nothing, 
than nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because the trolls ruin will ruin fucking everything if if you care about what they say at all. Like if it if you let it affect you, they're they're uh they're completely biased opinion, they're kind of unwarranted criticism, you know, the the kind of comparisons that actually mean nothing at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh then it then it will affect you and it'll taint your love for this music and the <laughs> Uh, the output of these super creative, awesome musicians. Like, yeah. I, I just have to, I just have to. When I, when I venture into that area of the internet where it's like, you're okay. Here comes the cesspool, you know. Then you realize, okay, I shouldn't have even opened this because I knew this is what it was going to be. Right. You know? Right. But, but see, what so, surprised me was like in the morning yesterday, the comments were all so positive. Like everyone was so excited. And that's why I made that joke about like, you know, like the trolls wake up at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Cause literally from that point on, all the comments just took like a nosedive at that time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know if it, i don't know if portnoy uh fans some of them are are like uh portnoy himself and he likes to sleep in <laughs> which is I, fine I, man for, yeah i you know, and the only reason i know that is because neil makes that joke on uh some of the latest live stuff oh really he uh says my, yeah he says mike loves sleeping in or something like that he incorporates it into the actual song so <laughs> um so anyway um i agree yes the trolls were definitely out but i refuse to let them taint my love for this song i think it's definitely promising um a promising preamble to what we're going to get in a couple of months for so sure I'm totally stoked for sure totally stoked at this point for sure man and i'm glad you talked about the trolls because that will definitely have to come up later in this interview when we get to my album and the initial reactions <laughs> so okay. so the trolls have not have not gone away forever <laughs> I, I actually uh, screenshotted the 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 first one that i saw so, oh, did you? Uh, nice I've, well, but since we're on Skype, I won't even be able to pull it up, but maybe you remember what he said. Anyway, uh, let's, like you said, on to the Neil Morris uh, single. Um, Welcome to the World is the name of it. Welcome to the World! <laughs> there you go. It's going to be on the album The Great Adventure. Yes, which I am super excited uh, about. Yeah, it's uh, it's the double, the double disc sequel to Similitude of a Dream. And this song is also really good. But here's the only comparison I want to point out is that we've actually talked about this before. I don't remember which podcast it was, but the uh, the somewhat uh, convenient scheduling uh, and release of singles and songs that come out from both Dream Theater and Portnoy projects. Um, I feel like that's not a coincidence. I feel like there's people in camps from each side that know when things are ramping up on either side, and they kind of like lay them down next to each other and 
sort of force a divide like we were talking about, force like these different camps to be started where you got the Portnoy fanboys and you got the Dream Theater fanboys and then they uh, start wars on the internet between each other. But I do think that there is something to that, that it's rather convenient timing between the two. Uh, but that's the only comparison I'll make. Well, what's kind of funny is somehow I fit into that equation because um, when my last album came out, happened to fall on the exact same day that a Similitude of a Dream came out. And I even made a joke like, fuck, I can't even have the best prog record that came out today. Right? <laughs> and then yeah. and then this week, um, that single came out on the day that Payaso came out. So I was like, these fucking guys are following me around. But yeah, um, as far as Dream Theater is concerned... Um, it is kind of interesting, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously these two albums are coming out like a month apart, so I guess it would make single that it would make sense that the singles would be relatively close. But I mean, on the last album, the Similitude of a Dream came out like, I think 11 months after the Astonishing or 10 months after the Astonishing. So it wasn't exactly like on top of each other, but it was like two double disc concept albums, like, you know, put out in the same year. So <laughs> that definitely says something. Yeah, those... Those ones didn't line up, but there's been other instances mm. of, and I, of course, like off the top of my head, I can't pick it out of my brain or whatever of the past, but yeah. you know, like between between Portnoy's eleven bands, there have there's been other occasions where this has happened. I just think it's really funny that like each same week, <laughs> like within days of each other, these two things came out. But yeah. anyway, so. Welcome to the World is the new Neil Morris band song. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I um, I loved it, to be honest. Now, you know, like you said, we can't compare it to Dream Theater because that would be completely unfair. Two totally different styles of music. But, yeah. like, I thought it, you know, obviously I haven't heard the rest of the album, but I thought that that song very much had the same vibe as Similitude of a Dream, which I love. It's one of my favorite albums ever. So um, I was pretty excited with it, and I liked all the harmonies and everything. Like, you know, you know, like it's similar, but they're just getting better at doing, you know, their thing. You know what I mean? Which uh, I don't know. I was excited about, and I liked the little lyric video with all the like neon lights and shit. That was cool. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the video is sort of like um, it's very retro-looking. It's very like has a lot of neon colors and stuff. It's sort of like a arcade game or something like that yeah it was neat um yes also well produced uh video different thing you know than we saw in the previous thing we were talking about but uh i thought it was also i also thought it was a cool tune there's a lot going on in it um same mode as similitude too as far as like stylistically yeah uh but yeah, like I said, uh, like you said, vocal harmonies are something that they this band in particular focuses on and really makes it a point in certain songs to like really ramp up that uh, that thing. So I dug all of the takes on their uh, the vocal the vocal takes, I guess. Yep. Uh, super great uh, style of guitar solo from Eric on this song. Yeah. Um, it had a really nice flavor to it uh, that he, I don't think he really went there in the first uh, similitude. So I don't, and I, you know, I don't really know that much about 
you know, um, keys, key changes and stuff like that. I can tell when it happens, but I don't know them from one another. Mm-hmm. But his guitar solo had a different flavor than any other thing I've heard out of him so far. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Porno's drum sound as good as ever. You know, I just picked up the uh, the Morse Fest. I'll pick it up and show you real quick while we're on camera. I need to buy that soon. That thing looks awesome. Yeah. It's it's actually set up like a tour book. Mm-hmm. It has all kinds of shit in it. But uh, I was watching that actually this morning because I've been up since four or something. <laughs> and uh, his drums sound amazing on that, going yeah. back to that point. And, uh, and I mean, that's what we come to expect from him, obviously. They're always on point. Uh, so, anyway, I think there's going to be more teasers coming out from both of these projects, Dream Theater and Neil Morse. And, uh, you know, we're both super huge fans of these bands, so it can only be good from yeah. this point forward, right? For sure, man. For sure. I get excited. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So... We previously discussed off mic that we were going to run through your album track by track, but yeah. uh, I want to do two things. First, I want to establish a baseline with you and kind of get a couple of background info questions out of the way. Sure. And I also compiled some... Um... Okay, so... Other guests that we've had on since you you were on, I think the last time you were on was like 50 episodes ago or something at this point. Maybe wow. like 30. It's been a while. It's been like, it's less than a year, but something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Other guests that we've had on, we've done questionnaires with them, and I just go to the internet and find the most like out there weird questions that don't pertain to what we're <laughs> supposed to be doing. Okay. But, in between tracks, what I'm going to do is answer these stupid, ridiculous questions, and uh, there is there there are correct answers to them. So uh, I'm going to hope for the best that you are good at answering these questions. Uh, but back to the baseline. Here we go. Okay. All right. So what 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 was the seed of this project what is like the baby egg of this project what made you decide you wanted to make this type of album specific and uh kind of give the listeners an idea of what the concept is overall sure so the concept is a i keep saying it's a first of its kind because i don't know anyone else has ever done this but it's a prog metal political comedy concept album. <laughs> so, I mean, so the concept is very simple, basically. You know, it was what if Donald Trump wrote lyrics for a prog band and wrote them all, you know, about some of the most craziest, funny stories that have come out about him. And um, that was kind of the beginning. Um, are you still there? You're kind of frozen on the screen. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Here. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah. So that was the concept. Um, you know, what if Donald Trump wrote a song or an album by himself? Like, would that be bigly? And of course, it would be. Um, 
<laughs> but the you know like like I'm glad that you asked me what like the underlying egg or thought was in, in like starting this, and it's actually um, since the last election cycle, even before Trump won the presidency, um, I've been kind of consumed by politics. Like it's pretty much what I spend most of my free time doing online is arguing with people about stupid shit that is political, right? So um, I reached a point where I really got sick of doing that. It was unconstructive and it really kind of took away from my, you know, baseline happiness of my life to always have this kind of stress that isn't really stress because it has nothing to really do with me at the end of the day. So um, I decided to channel that energy into an album and it was kind of like my farewell to that, you know, like arguing online. Because like when this came out, I told myself this is going to be like my big political statement was this album. And then I was going to be done. Like no more arguing. You know, like I'll still post like political shit. But like, you know, when somebody drops like a stupid comment on it, I'm mm. not going to, you know, I'm not going to fall for the bait. Basically, I'm just going to stay away from the argumentative side of things. So um, that was the initial reaction for this, pretty much. <laughs> well, okay, so here's what I'll say to that. Two things. One is that I think that's a really um, a healthy way to channel your frustration. And and you, you said you got to a point where, like, you were – you're kind of done with it and you want to move on. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people feel like that right now too. You know, everybody is very, uh, frustrated with the way things are going on, on every angle of the political thing. Um, and actually like the world in general, people are just like kind of fed up with how things are getting. Uh, but I think, like I said, I think it's a healthy, uh, thing to decide for yourself like uh you're choosing a path to take and instead of just aimlessly uh or well actually not even aimlessly but like strategically battling everything that comes up in your feed you're gonna you're making a decision to be like okay this isn't getting me very far uh as far as like constructively so right. let's uh Let's let's choose a different path and see if that works out better for me. Exactly. And then also, second point I want to make is that I think punching up is always better than punching down. So what you're doing with this record is punching up because he is above us. He's way above us up here on his high horse on his on the hill. You know, high up on the hill on uh on uh you know. We're the plebs. We're frustrated. He's up there doing his thing. It's all bad up there, uh, if you ask me and, and yourself. But um, but punching up at that and comedically taking on that challenge is always good. Um, and it can ne like taking on that challenge can never be bad in my eyes. Yeah. Um, whether whether the quality of the music is your thing or not that's a whole different conversation but trying to tackle um people that are above you and people that are in a higher power than you is 
um, is something that, that people should try to do if they feel inspired to do so. So, um, all that said, uh, I think it's an interesting concept. Um, and I do think, like you said, like it's very niche. <laughs> like, not only is it a political record, not only is it a prog record, not only is it uh, sort of anti-Trump, uh, but it's all of these things <laughs> combined. So you've narrowed your sights on a very specific uh, crowd. And whether or not people take that chance to check it out is up to them. But so, uh, I don't know. We, is there anything else you kind of want to throw down as a baseline before we get into actually talking about the record itself? Yeah. Um, the fact that I chose to go, well, a couple things. The fact number one is that I chose to go comedy and I chose to make it very tongue-in-cheek, was intentional. Um, if you, I'm sure you noticed, all the lyrics are actually from Donald Trump's point of view. Um, right. it, you know, it's not me pointing a finger at him. It's him pointing a finger at, like, everyone around him. You know what I mean? Um, so, right, right. In, you know, but it, I don't think I went completely... You know, like, it would have been easy for me to go completely left-wing agenda on this and have, like, all my thoughts and everything, but it definitely also makes fun of the left as much as it does of the right. Because to me, Donald Trump isn't really left or right. He's uh, he's completely his own thing. And, you know, like, he, he claims to be right so that he gets, like, those right-wing people votes. But his agenda, his personality, and the things that he actually does is really not right or left at all. It's just Trump's mind and how it works. So I really wanted to capture that where... I don't necessarily think that somebody who's a Republican or a conservative or right wing in any way wouldn't necessarily get any joy out of it either. Like there's plenty making fun of Hillary and Bernie and all these other left wing people where like I, I, I at least tried to make it not so, you know, like MSNBC or Fox News. I tried to meet somewhere in the middle to have a little fun with it, you know. So hopefully that comes off. I don't know. Obviously, I'm anti-Trump, so that probably shines through more. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, you know, but we do the best we can anyway. You know, we all have biases, yeah. obviously. And you're you are correct that Trump is not necessarily embraced by all of the right wing people. I mean, in fact, he's hated by plenty of right wing politicians and uh, and and you know, political minded people. Uh, he's I think he's on the extreme side of whatever he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, let's not get too bogged down in political conversation. I want to talk no. about the record. No. Yeah, let's talk about the record. So, okay, so we're going to do track by track. And I'm just going to give you a couple of thoughts that I had I wrote down. And you could say however much or little you want about each one, and we'll – uh, we'll do the funny, stupid questions in between to kind of break things up. Sure, sure. Before we go track by track, though, like, did, like, did you want to? I mean, I assume you listened to it, right? <laughs> so, um, did you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Did listen, you want to give like a general? Through. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Uh, I listened to it twice through uh, on my very nice ice, drummer's isolation headphones that you see in the camera now. Nice. The listeners can't see that. Um, 
excuse me, I have coffee, so <laughs> I'm very burpy today. Um, thank you, Lindsay, by the way, for who is here with me. Lindsay! And she's pointing at the cat who's down there hiding. Okay, <laughs> so initial thoughts after first listen overall. Uh, I enjoyed it more than all of your previous material. Uh, I do have a criticism of the drums. Sure. Uh, only because I have a particular sort of like, um, I have a pet peeve about programmed drums. I know that like to get the job done, sometimes you just got to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, but not necessarily my thing. So, I'll just say that I'll just leave that where it is. It didn't make me hate it at all. Like I enjoyed the record, uh, but that is what it is. Um, I thought the drum parts were good, and like if a, I just would have liked it more if an actual drummer was playing them. That's all I'll say. Uh, it'd have to be a really good drummer though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a prog record, so their drums are as complicated as they need to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, vocals, I, I, I will say this, like overall vocal take, and I was going to say this later, but I'll just say now, is that you took a big chance, a big leap in doing vocals for the first time. Uh, it's the only way that you're going to get better is by taking a chance like that artistically, like just doing it, you yeah. know, getting over your previous, uh, you know, whatever it is about it that makes you not want to do it, you know. Uh, so we should explain that for your, you know, like your listeners who've never heard any of my music. So what Chris yeah. is basically referencing is, um, all my other albums or music have been instrumental, right? And one, because I love instrumental music, and two, because I can't sing for shit. Uh, <laughs> and I know that, and I'm okay with that. Um, I was hoping that was a criticism of yours, because it's certainly a criticism of mine. Um, but sometimes when you have something to say that you really feel needs to be said... Um, then you just have to put it out there the best you can. And if, if it's not perfect, it's okay because it was still important. You know what I mean? Right, right. I was so, actually going to say that, uh, you know, kind of fuck anyone's opinion and the quality <laughs> of them or your art in general. You just do it because you have to do it and you're better for doing it after that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like going back to your point, it's important to kind of speak your truth as a musician or as a person who has ideas about the world. And uh, especially in, in a project like this, where you're literally speaking your opinion through this story that you create, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, taken from truths that happened, you know, but also putting your story spin on it. Um, and, you know, as someone with a mic, you have to say something into that mic, you know. So, um, there are bright, I will say this, overall, there are bright moments in it. Um, but I also didn't hate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I think that because you took a chance that lend that lends something to me enjoying it more. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, um, I found it very entertaining. The vocal, the, the vocals themselves. Uh, so I think overall, and the guitar was great. You know, you're obviously good at doing that. So no problems there. I mean, I appreciate you're it. playing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so those are my overall thoughts. <laughs> Can I ask you a quick question? Cause you said something interesting and I don't want it to go by the wayside. Um, okay. you said that you, that you enjoyed the first listen through more than any other of my albums. And I was just curious why that is. Is it just like, you know, the fact that it has vocals or, or like what, like caught you more than the rest? Uh, I found it to be more engaging, I guess, because there, there was vocals. Um, I don't know. I like not, I can't. Maybe not across the board, I won't say this, but more often than not, I tend to not listen to a full instrumental record all the way through, mm. like I do with albums that have, are with a, a band, as it were, you sure. know, with the vocalist and everything. So for maybe for that reason alone, I tend to kind of dip in to your other material instead of full album listens through, which is, I may... I. And I also, with this one, I made it a point to do that. So, like, I could have a valid opinion of it and not... I feel like if you don't listen to a band's album all the way through, you don't have grounds to talk about it, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they put it... You put this together as one big thing. It's not meant to be... Uh, it's meant to be uh, consumed as a whole, not as... Individual. Advice. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. If yeah, somebody was like, where I came from on that. yeah, no, I agree. And if somebody was like, you know, what's one track that I could listen to that you know that would represent in some way? It's it's really hard to pick out because it is part of a bigger story. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, they they all have uh, individual flavor to them. But yeah, that's I, yeah. I guess that's something we'll get into here in a minute. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. Okay, so now we're at the track by track. Track by track. Track by track. That's right. Um, track one, uh, and I believe is it's uh, titled Taco Tuesday at the Mall. Is that right? <laughs> it's called Build the Wall Part One. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write down the titles to all of them. I I just Shit. kind of what. So it's um, so it's full title is Build the Wall Part One, and then in exclamations, who will pay for it? <laughs> yeah, um, I was way off. Yeah, you're way off. But Taco Tuesday is pretty good. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> that's I guess why I wrote that is that Taco Tuesday line stuck out to me. Uh, I was that that really stuck out in my brain. Uh, I I love the acoustic flavor to this one, uh, and the vocal harmonies on the ooze. <laughs> were super on point and I loved those. Nice. Uh, so whatever you want to say about each one after I get my take. Sure. Go ahead. Sure. Was that your whole take? You like the acoustic and yeah. the ooze? Okay. Um, yeah. So for me, this is very much a, um, <clears throat> a Pink Floyd inspired track. 
Um, I definitely tried to. I, I felt that. Okay. I felt that. Yeah. So, well, it's two things. It's a Pink Floyd inspired track. And then, it, I, you know, because it's about the wall, I wanted it to have definitely this like Spanish classical kind of flavor t- to the guitar playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely tried to get my uh, Roger Waters on in that one. Um, as far as the Taco Tuesday at the mall line, uh, um, I think I put that in for two reasons. One, I wanted to kind of, you know, because this whole album is written by Donald Trump, quote unquote, um, I wanted to kind of put in a few instances in the album where um, he, he's very sporadic. So if you listen to any Trump speech he's ever done, it goes from like topic to topic to topic and none of it is really coherent. So I really wanted to put in the song just him talking about one topic and then going completely off like into lunch mode um and then the other reason that line is there and it it, you know it it actually talks about tacos a few times in the album if you remember but yeah 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 and that's intentional because you know another thing that really um you know i remember from back in the day when he was running on the election and really talking about the wall is this like picture came out about him where he was just sitting there like you know, right after like a speech about the wall and about how Mexicans are rapists and all this bullshit. Like there's this picture that came out that same day that had a picture of him eating a taco bowl and like everyone was like ragging on him online. So, oh yeah. 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 So I really wanted to like incorporate that into the, album. <laughs> but um, yeah, his fascination with tacos while wanting to build a wall and keep people out is definitely a recurring theme within the album. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I ended up referring to when the taco line came back up as like taco theme returns. Yeah. It was somewhere in my notes. But anyway, uh, it's a good album opener. Uh, let's move to track two. Oh, first, let's, let's get, let's get over to our Baconese questionnaire here. Yeah. Uh, Thelma, what is your trucker CB handle? Uh, first thing that you can come up with uh, based on what you do. My uh, my trucker handle would probably be, uh, let's see, drum, <laughs> drum coffee guzzler uh, 420. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's mine. What, what's what's your uh, CB handle? I didn't know you like to smoke the Java. That's good. All right. Um, mine would be. Let me see if I can like put my whole day into a handler. So, so uh, mine would be morning sex, poop, coffee, watch the kids play, make a lot of noise, guitar, jerk off into the shower, and go to sleep. <laughs> That's a long ass handle, dude. I don't know it's if it qualifies as trucker, a handle. Trucker, trucker, six nine. Are you there? Trucker, trucker. Maybe that one's better. Just trucker, trucker, six nine. Trucker, trucker, six nine. That fits. My... Trucker, trucker, six nine, seven string. Are you there? Yeah. Right. yeah, I was gonna throw like shred in the middle of there. Somewhere. Ooh, shredded lettuce uh, that kills people. <laughs> shredded lettuce back to tacos again um okay so let's move to track two it's the rigged election overture hey you got one right yeah that's right <laughs> uh okay so the two things i wrote about this one is that 
there's some death metal drum teases in there, like blast beat teases, and it that was very heavy. Nice. Uh, so you probably have more to say about your collection of riffs on this than I do. Yeah. So, but, uh, but it's an instrumental track. Yes, it is. It's an instrumental track, and every note on it comes from another song. So it's really right. like if you piece together like a greatest hits of the rest of the album and then like put it together <laughs> into a track. Did you uh, did you write this uh, after all the other songs? Yes. Yes. The overture okay. is always. Well, at least in my writing, the overture is always after I have the rest and I kind of go through and like pick out what I want to be in there and then figure out a way to put it in. Now, with that said, one thing I wanted to mention is I normally write overtures that are much more, um, you know, flowing, I would say, where this is more, mm-hmm. ca- you know, chaotic and almost like you can't get comfortable for either, for even like two seconds because it's going to change on you again. You know what I mean? Right. And that was actually right, right. very intentional because – you know, the whole feeling I wanted to capture in, in rigged election overture was literally that was the chaos of the whole election and how, you know, like days before the election, like Comey's dropping this and people are saying that. And and like, it's you know, like, it, it, you know, if you remember the election, it was just complete chaos. Like every day was something new coming out about somebody. And, and I really wanted to capture that in the overture. So I intentionally made it very uh, chaotic. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember it very well. I was very engaged at that time. Uh, and not very, not much right now. Like <laughs> I, um, I made the decision for myself and my happiness that I should probably ramp it down. Smart. <laughs> um, but but yes, but I think uh, you're right. It's very chaotic, lots of different parts. Um, and I, if my memory serves me correctly, the circus music makes an appearance in this one, which like that in alone represents just like insanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. Um, people will know if this. This is how it is in my uh, my vocal interpretation. It's you know, so it kind of sounds like Homer's brain. I don't know if you've seen this before. Like he he sees a bear like bouncing a ball or something stupid. Like he's up here on a bicycle going in circles or whatever um, to that music. But it yes. This this song, this overture is very chaotic and uh, but also very heavy and I dug like I said before the death metal drum tease in the middle of there, yeah. uh, so I knew that was coming later. <laughs> yes, that is uh, definitely coming, and uh, that overture is hard to play, <laughs> which will be my last comment about it. I bet uh, it is. Dude. It's very difficult to you know to keep in mind what's next <laughs> for the whole like six minutes. Um, I also love the way the overture ends and ties into to the very next song which i don't know if you picked up on that but yes i i I definitely wrote down here that there's like a seamless sort of transition into the next track and next the next riff yeah they flowed really well together but before we get to the next track selmo uh have you ever smashed your nuts into a pool table into a pool table yeah i don't think so i've smashed my nuts into lots of things um, and, <laughs> including, so, including your mom. 
but I've <laughs> no, no, I don't think. That's, I was gonna say right now that was super low hanging fruit. <laughs> very uh, Jimmy Lopez of you to say something like that to yes, me. Yes. Uh, but uh, fair, um, yeah. fair and balanced. Uh, so no balls with uh, billiard tables. No, I, I mean I've hit my balls on a dinner table, on a couch, on the on the fucking kitchen counter. Okay, so you know, but no so pool table. table. A table. table. Yeah. Yeah. If I ever own a pool table in my house, which is one of my um, goals when I'm old and, and bald and have no life, um, I definitely will update this when that moment comes. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fair. Okay. So moving on. Uh, track 3, 3 a.m. poop tweets. Yes. This is where it starts to get good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, as we mentioned, there's a pretty cool transition from the overture into this one. Um, the uh, the things that I wrote about it were that I particularly like the chorus riff and uh, the vocals that are over that chorus riff. Uh, particularly, I liked those. Um yeah, and that's kind of where I was going to mention that overall sort of vocal take so far is that you took a big chance. I can tell that you put a lot of effort into compiling them <laughs> and placing them well. You know, it's not just you doing vocals throughout the entire song. You know that they should be placed in certain places and not placed in others. Yeah, you know? for sure. And And you try different things. You're not just doing screaming you're not just doing singing you know every, all the songs sort of had different feels to them so you know that the vocals also have to do that um yeah and that's hard for a good singer i think to yeah totally. you know ha have that much different kind of thing going on um but yeah for me it was definitely difficult because i definitely wanted to capture the vibe of each music um it's kind of an interesting like roundabout like i wrote the music with the lyrics or or not the lyrics but like what i wanted each song to be about so i don't know if you know this i actually started this album by writing 10 song names and then making those into songs <laughs> i didn't know that yeah that's really weird that's yeah. really weird but yeah, that's know. wicked weird. But if you go back on my Facebook, I literally one t one day last like June or July had a post. I was like, I'm gonna write a song called Payaso about Donald Trump, and this is the track list. And when I posted that, no music or anything was written, <laughs> and it was um, I, I literally so I wrote the music thinking about the song name, and then once the music was done, I wrote the lyrics thinking about the song name and the music. So it was kind of like this whole like roundabout way. Like I've never made music in that, you know, method before. So it was definitely, yeah, no, that's a, that's not the, uh, the, uh, tried and true approach of most, uh, record making process. You know no, what I mean? Like for sure. music pretty much always comes first. Yeah. And then, then you build everything stylistically on top of that right. vocal wise, at least. Um, you know, you had your flourishes and all that kind of stuff on top of the cake after it's already made, you know? Yeah, it was tough. Um, 
it was tough. And, you know, like I respect that you um, liked and noticed that I did take a lot of different stylistic approaches because, and I kind of suck at all of them. So, so it wasn't like, oh, I could do this one voicing really well, so I'll try to stick to it, you know? I don't think you did. I don't think you did suck at all of them. I think like certainly some of them are be- approaches are better than others, but like whatever you did usually fit for what the song was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, you it music is, uh, uh, well, I know that's a cliche to say, but music is totally subjective. So it's not like it's going to be everybody's, uh, favorite piece of pizza or whatever, but, yeah. uh, it is a pizza. <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? It is a pizza. Um, it is a pizza. Okay, so it might be anchovies, but it's a pizza. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm joking. I, I legitimately enjoyed listening to it, so that's just me getting back at you for your stupid mom joke. Uh, okay, so moving on to the next question on the questionnaire. Hey, Thelmo, uh, if your music is an animal, what animal is it? <laughs> well, I think in this case, it has to be an orange orangutan. So <laughs> I don't think there's any other option for this particular one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the vomit of a swine. How about is it, that? Is that an animal? <laughs> it's Well, it's product that comes out of an animal that smells and one must soon tastes awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they make hot dogs out of it. All right. Pig, pig, pig vomit. Yeah. Um, okay. So track four, Ivanka's ballad. Ooh, right? yes, sir. That is correct. Okay, so this is the first song that I heard off of this. This is the one that you put on as a teaser, I believe. Uh, and actually, as I was listening through it the first time, we were kind of messaging back and forth a little bit. I purposely cut off the conversation at a certain point, um, while we were, while I was listening to, cause I didn't want to spoil this conversation before, you know, yeah. we actually had it. But I did tell you that I felt like this is what would be taken as a radio hit. If you were going like if you're gonna pick any song, but I hadn't gotten through it yet, there's actually another song that I think supersedes this as the radio hit, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. But, okay, maybe I got to release another uh, single. Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you might have two on your hands, sir. Nice. Uh, but um, the bass was something that. Uh, hit me at this in this song at a certain point. Like there's a twist, maybe halfway through the song where it goes into a whole nother mode stylistically. Um, yeah. Up to that point, it's it's more of the ballad, like like the title suggests. Mm-hmm. But then, and it's a uh, it's Ivanka speaking uh, her part in this story, right? And. Um, and then you get to this certain point in the song, and it's like a sort of bass thing, and then it's more of a proggy sort of riff after that. But uh, go ahead and give your sort of take on this song and what kind of led you to piece all of it together in this way. Sure. So um, I think you nailed it on the head, is I definitely, you know, part of it being a quote-unquote prog album is um, 
unexpected twists and turns, you know? And I think that, I think on most songs, like, you know, the twists and turns happen more organically where they kind of, you know, rear off in some direction, but like come back. Um, where this one is literally like a song within a song. Like, you know, it reminds me of a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody where like, you, you know, if you never heard that song, like you wouldn't expect this middle section to be like inside it. Right. So it was kind of like, gonna, I was, uh, I was going to reference uh, dream theaters, a change of seasons, um, especially like some of their live versions where in the middle section of the solo, they throw in the fucking, well, we, talked about him earlier the simpsons theme song right you know or uh not uh or uh you know uh some baseball old-timey shit is thrown in there in that on one of the live versions yep but like they're like you said like a uh a, a total stylistic change that you don't see coming is it totally in line with uh prog metal so yeah um so i feel like it fits yeah and um you know interestingly enough this is one of my uh, personal favorite songs not only do i think the lyrics are hilarious but that proggy kind of twist there i mean you know like you know like i love those riffs in that section i love that guitar solo i think it's one of my favorite solos on the whole thing you know what i mean um i don't know it just really unexpected and i think is a surprise like, like in a cool way you know I think it's funny, and uh, you should give yourself a pat on the back for complimenting your own writing. <laughs> like, you're, you're like, it's also hilarious. Uh, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want. I, I don't. I definitely don't want listeners to think you're coming across like that. You like the smell of your own farts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you understand that it's a little ridiculous, and that. Uh, that's just what Prague like sometimes is, is like they just go off into Prague world and you just accept it because that's what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, I dug this one for sure. And, uh, unless you have anything else to say about Ivanka's ballad, we can, I just hope, I just hope Ivanka likes it. Cause I think her dad needed a way to express his love for her in a, in a genuine way. And I think this accomplishes that. I what? always get Ivanka and Melania confused. Oh, gotcha. Melania. Gotcha. That's, and I mean, <laughs> can we just say easy mistake to make? Because yeah. I yeah. feel like Mr. Donald has some repressed feelings there. Yeah, uh, for sure. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very, it's not kind of weird. It's very fucking weird. Yeah, and I'll I'll just leave that where it is, and people yeah. can do their own googling about that because <laughs> there's plenty of memes out there. Yes, there is, and um, like and like um, you know, like we're not really talking specifically about the lyrics, but I did just want to read one line, if that's okay. Which is to yeah, me, to me, the highlight of the entire album is this is um is this lyric, um, Ivanka, I've got big hands as you can see, Ivanka, I'd put this dick in you, the one you swam through, bigly. So I think that is, oh boy. <laughs> I think that just like, it, like, that's just the, like my favorite line on the whole album. So I wanted to say that, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe not a radio hit. After all. Uh, it certainly won't get through the censors with that kind of obscene language. 
Um, I'll do like DMX. I'll put like a dog barking over the word uh, dick. So it'll be fun. Okay. Ow, ow. Or like... <laughs> or like uh, in, in Big Lebowski TV version, it's like you never... Um, uh, what is it? You never screw a stranger in the Alps or something like that. <laughs> is that what it's seen, I've never seen it on yeah. TV. <laughs> oh, God. If you ever see it on Comedy Central or something like that, just watch the part where Walter is at the kid's house and he's beating up the guy's car. Uh, for that scene alone, you never, you never something a stranger in the Alps. I can't remember <laughs> what it is. Anyway, let's get to the next question on the questionnaire, shall we? Yeah. Thelmo, uh, if you could get spit on by a musician, who would it be? Spit on, huh? Yeah, so not necessarily sexual yeah. wise. I mean, I mean, like maybe even you're at a show and you're in the front row and you're loving your life because you're on the rail. Okay. What? What? You know, guitarist, singer, drummer. Would you like to spit on you? <clears throat> um. Do you know who Nita Stratus is? Uh, I believe you mean Nita Strauss. Yeah, her. There you go. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter what her name is. I would definitely lay my head over the rail at a concert and let her spit a fucking loogie right down my throat. What's yeah. hilarious is you you almost quoted Rock right there, and she's a big wrestling fan, so I feel like you guys would really hit it off. No, 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 no. See, uh, see, we're talking about the wrong person. Then I'm not talking about the wrestler. No, no, no. You oh. said you. You said you quoted The Rock. You almost quoted The Rock and said, it doesn't matter what her name is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, what her name is. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, she would dig that. And um, there actually is a female wrestler named Trish Stratus, by the way. So you kind of yeah. almost said a yeah. wrestler's name. Anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and give my answer. And I'm going to say the, I mean, I, I like the female angle you went after there. So now I have to think from that angle and not just like favorite musician. You know what I mean? I have a male musician too that I would let spit in my mouth if that makes you feel better. It almost came out. <laughs> okay. Who is it? It's, it's a Maynard James Keenan of Tool. That's gross. Dude. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, like he always plays like he always plays conscious like in a fucking mask because he's like allergic to lights or something. So like he would have to take his mask off to do it. So I would be down. (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) I'm kind of grossed out. So I feel I don't even want to say I don't like spit. I don't like people spitting on me or anything like that. So I'm just move on. How about that? (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. So track five. Um, is this the fake news media? Yep. Okay. Correct. So eventually, eventually I started writing titles (laughs) down. Um, so it opens with, uh, the voice of Mr. Pig Vomit himself. Uh, (laughs) and I wrote, I wrote down barf and underlined it, uh, cause I don't like even listening to his voice at this point. Uh, but it's a good intro clip for the song. I, I figured like eventually it was going to happen, you know, 
some kind of soundbite. Uh, I really dug the song, the riff and the drums. Uh, the background screams that you did really fit. And uh, it, I, I don't know, I can't remember what this means, but it says people lapping up his garbage. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's um, it's uh, yeah. So there's a little breakdown section in the song that has another tramp, uh, tramp, <laughs> Trump sample. <laughs> if you combine Trump and sample together, you get tramp. Um, tramp, tramp sample. Tramp sample. Um, of him saying really stupid fucking jokes about the Queen of England and shit, and his yeah, audience just yeah. laughing their ass off like a bunch of morons. So that's what it, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember now. But then it goes into a really yeah, man, pretty uh, solo. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. It's worse. I dude, I know we said we weren't going to get into a ton of political conversation here, but I I'm just going to put this on Front Street. I don't know what's worse. Listening to him or listening to people that fucking lap, like I said, lap up his garbage, yeah. like it's the like it's the gospel. You know what I mean? So, and that's exactly the reason I had to make this album and get off of the arguing with those people because, you know, like you said, like you should ooh, be attacking. You know, ooh, you should be you punching said. upward instead of downward. And I was spending yeah. all my Facebook time literally like arguing or trying to convince people that don't matter <laughs> like it's pointless yeah. yeah and honestly i i feel like it goes along with the music sort of point we made earlier is like whatever kind of point you have or feeling you have about it none of it matters at the end of the day you know what i mean like mm-hmm. people's opinion of your music doesn't matter people's opinion on political stuff doesn't matter um i don't know it it what matters is your happiness. You know what I'm saying? You getting along every day in your everyday life, not necessarily having to think about what people think about shit. You know what I mean? You just do your thing. And if you're happy doing your thing, then that's what really matters. So anyway, we're, hey, man, we reached a nice place in this conversation. We have, man. <laughs> somehow. I'm, fe- I'm feeling mellow, some, man. <laughs> somehow in the middle of this, uh, this garbage uh, this, this, the you know, this human garbage that we're dealing with here. We we reached a high point for sure. Uh, and we're only halfway through. Yay! So, um, let's do. Well, what are your thoughts on this song? First of all, um, I like it. I think it's the heaviest song on the album, other than maybe the overture. But it definitely has more of the metal, like. Y- you know thing going on it has a lot of um odd time signatures that i thought float so nicely that unless you're like looking for them you don't even realize there's an odd time signature there um even like you know even like the main uh guitar solo is over this riff that's like in seven and um which is hard to solo (laughs) but um (laughs) it um you know like i don't know like i just thought it, it it fit a lot um, it definitely reminds me of a dream theater song. Um, uh, I'm a nightmare to remember for some reason. It just has that vibe, you know, to me. Yeah. The um, super metal feel. Yeah. Yeah. But even like the way things like kind of start and stop is very uh, reminiscent of that to me. And I definitely liked that like section of the song where like, you know, like the guitar chords is like with like a wah pedal that's just kind of growing and the drums and bass is really kind of like holding it down, with like all the double bass and stuff. And I don't know. It's just a pretty heavy, like cool song. I like it. 
Right on. Uh, yeah, I, like I said earlier, the background screams really did it for me too. Like it, it, it was just the right touch on top of the cake, like yeah. we were talking about earlier. Um, I there was something else I was going to mention, but I can't remember it. Anyway, we might as well just move on. Uh, the next question on questionnaire for you, sir, is: Hey, Thelmo, do you have any supernatural abilities? Um, other than I shit more often than any human on earth should, um, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also, uh, shit a lot, but I don't think that's supernatural. Uh, that's just, you know, I don't know. Whenever I, like, whenever I Google how many times a day a, a person is supposed to shit, like, it's not even close to where I'm at. So, I don't know. It's yeah. something supernatural. It might not be a positive, you know. You know, I might be like an evil metahuman, but um, do you drink? Do you drink a lot of coffee or something? Yeah, like two or three cups a day, probably. But like all in the morning. But the shitting kind of happens all day long. So <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have a diet issue. <laughs> yeah, I should open. I should buy some stock in some toilet paper company or something. But uh, whatever one you buy, yeah. That's, I mean, sales are skyrocketing currently. Uh, I don't have any, I don't think I have any supernatural abilities besides being able to find the one when I need to find the one while I'm playing drums. What That's is that? pretty supernatural. What is finding the one? Oh, Oh, the one of like, a beat. <laughs> I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, like, I had to think about it first. And, and actually, I, I, Oh, uh, Lindsay says being a ginger. That's not supernatural. That's that's, that's a natural. Have... That's a negative. Yeah. Oh, that's a negative. What is uh, what a dick? No. Um. Okay. So I was also going to mention before we move past this that I have become particularly fond of playing past the one now in drum fills and then kind of sliding back in with the other guys. So ah, that um, sounds neat. This. This is a nice place to plug my show coming up. That's right. I'm in a band again. An instrumental band. That's right. Uh, and For someone who hates instrumental music. <laughs> Never said that. Never uh, said that. I'm sorry. Just can't get through an entire instrumental album, including his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I particularly like don't really like listening to my own stuff. I'm way over analytical about it. Mm. Um, well, you better send me anyway. a copy when it's done, bitch. Oh, totally. We haven't even started recording drums though. So that's, I don't know when it's going to happen, but you'll be among the people to get it for free. Anyway, Ooh. my band tape history is playing at the heavy anchor on January 11th. It's a Friday night. If you live in St. Louis, or close in that area, please come. Selmo, I know you would be there if you could, but you live in Florida in the dick of the continental United States. Uh, literally, it's like shaped like a penis is what I mean. A nice you know, fat it one. Looks, <laughs> it, it looks like a curved donger like that. Aww. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like a sad penis, honestly. It does. It's kind of uh, droopy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, tape history, head anchor, January 11th, 
It's seven dollars. Please come. Thank you. Uh, we are going to take a short break so I can use the bathroom very quickly. You look like you had to say something. I was just going to say that you should post more tape history videos because I rather enjoy watching them. So, oh yeah, preferably it's, one where what? you can see you and not just like like the symbols, you know, moving. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that venue that I got video from the only show we, I, that I've played with them so far didn't have a very good stage light set up. It's sort of just like corner of the room stage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, this place that we play uh, in January has a better setup. So I'm hoping to get better footage, better looking footage. I'll say nice. uh, at least the sound quality was good on that video though. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Sounded good. Sounded good. But go to the bathroom. I will entertain your audience with some beautiful songs about you in the bathroom. Oh, great. I'm not going to take a dump, by the way, like you would every time you go to the bathroom. That's a waste of a flush. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. If it's yellow, let it mellow. Spanish cat. Gato negro. Spanish cat. (laughs) That's a pretty gato negro you got there. (laughs) <laughs> i literally can you hear see me? my pussy did I, you see my pussy i did see your pussy but i literally throat throat <laughs> i literally wrote three <laughs> three amazing fucking songs while you were in the bathroom i can i well i man i don't know if i'm ever going to listen back to this just tell me the names of them that's rude I'll, I'll... one was about chris pooping well it isn't rude. It isn't rude, though, because, like, I, I mean, we had the conversation, so why do I need to go back and listen? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not rude. Well, you're creating a podcast. Don't you got to go listen to it to make sure it's good? Well, not all. I'm not going to listen all the way through it. I, like, dip in here and there and make sure the audio is pretty consistent. But besides that, no. I'm... Okay. <laughs> Wait, did you listen to every Dream Theater radio episode all the way through? Several times, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Thelbo. You should be doing that. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got time to be writing music and shit. That's true. That's true. That's why okay. I don't do them okay. anymore. So, they took forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, titles of the songs that you wrote while I was on the, uh, the John. So one was called... Every Chris Poops. Um, okay. Uh, the next was called If Chris's Ponytail Was Any Longer, It'd Be in the Way of Him Wiping His Ass. And the third was what? called Leslie Has a Nice Voice in the Background. It's, um, okay, well, here's a couple corrections. Corrections department. <laughs> Let uh, me transfer you to my uh, corrections department. Exactly. <laughs> And here we are in the corrections department. Song two, uh, my ponytail is not long. Uh, I actually got a haircut not that long ago because I wanted it to look nice for Thanksgiving. What a fucking poser, um, bro! Only posers cut great? Their, only posers cut their hair, bro. You're supposed to be fucking metal. You just went to a fucking cannibal corp show. With your fucking hair done. 
fuck out of here, man. <laughs> you know, as well as I do, when you go to the death metal show, you take the pony out. That's true. And you have the hair in all its glory That's so true. that you can headbang. So all the little six-year-old girls, when you go to a death metal show, make sure you bring your pony out. Yes, okay. I don't know if I have any six-year-old listeners, but we'll find out. <laughs> uh, also, uh, second correction, it's Lindsay, not Leslie. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Shit. hold on one second. Hold on one second. Cat, get out of there. Get. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Get. There he goes. Okay. He so, got behind the TV, and I don't want him to chew up anything, so I to yell at him for a second. True okay, that. so, you want to get back into this? Yeah, let's do it. Track six, here we are in track six. Uh, I don't know if I got this right. I just wrote Vladimir. Where, where is my Vladimir? Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, what I wrote down is the tacos theme reappears. It does. Uh, the pre-bridge uh, solo drums were very well placed. And uh, kind of the, the uh, I guess the idea behind the song is the oh, where, oh, where has my little dog gone thing. Right? Yeah, pretty much. You, yeah. you, you adapted that melody to fit in this song. So yeah. um, kind of give your thoughts on this song in general. Um, so musically I really enjoyed this song because it has a lot of weird time signature stuff even the very first yeah. like really metal riff is really like you know skips a beat there um, there is a cool drum solo as you mentioned after the second chorus and that mm. is in, also in some weird time signature stuff um, yeah and it's just a love song for his boy up in the north there Santa Claus little Vladdy um, so yeah, I definitely stole some where oh where's my little dog gone and turned it into, um, a crooning friendship bromance missing you kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's fun. Yeah. And it also has uh, some cool like uh, news things also, you know, put into the song as well, which you, I'm sure you were going to mention, but, uh, actually I wasn't, <gasps> <laughs> But I didn't write notes on every single thing about every song. So, like, I just sort of picked out what stuck out to me. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I dug this one. It was a fun track. It was a little weird. But, you know, there are every, like we were saying before, everything on here is kind of different from the last thing. So, um, yeah, that's all I got for that one. See here on the questionnaire. Air? Questionnaire? Uh, what? Questionnaire, uh, <laughs> what conspiracy do you feel holds the most water? <clears throat> um, that Donald Trump colluded with Russia to win the election. <laughs> is well, is, that, that, is that still a conspiracy at this point? I don't, I don't think it is. For <laughs> uh, um, sure, that's a right, let full me blown just news story that happened for real. Yeah. Let me re-answer. Um, I really think that the government knows that aliens exist and is keeping it okay. from us all. That'd be my answer. Uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, this 
Bacon Nate actually has a particularly particular affinity for the DB Cooper story. Uh, you know, I'm sure you know about that, where the guy robbed a plane. Uh, I think he robbed a plane and uh, he skydives out of the plane, and the government never sees him again after that. After he stole the money, so um. It's very interesting. I don't know if it holds water. God, this fucking cat is ruining this podcast. <laughs> Fuck you, cat. Um, anyway. Meow. That, that's the one I'm going to go with is the D.B. Cooper story. What's the conspiracy, uh, though? You don't think that story's true? You think the government well, just kept the money? The conspiracy is that... Well, I don't know if it's a conspiracy, really. That he is still out there, and that people know where he is, I guess. And uh, you know, there's all kinds of shit about it on the internet. You should definitely Google that shit. There's uh, there's even a bar that you'd be supposed to take me to. Uh, I don't know if you keep up with the podcast or not, but there's a bar called DB Cooper's Hideout that he lost a bet to me, and he's supposed to take me there. And, I don't know why he hasn't yet, but it's pissing me off. Actually, there's a lot of yuppies that go there, so maybe we should go there after all. What city is that in? It's in St. Louis. Wow. Okay. It's right by Lindsay's parents' house, and uh, Jimmy has no excuse for not taking me out on a mandate. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, moving on to track seven, Guns, God, Government. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so different. I wrote that different tonal approaches are good, and it keeps me engaged in the album. Um, there's some cool uh, vocal moments here, and the guitar effects on the bridge to accompany them. Uh, it's a very metal song again, though. Uh, I did have a thought on the vocals that I wrote down here. Is that um, there's kind of really only one way to approach addressing political issues, like if you're going to make an album about it, and it's like you have to. It sort of has to be straight ahead with no metaphors, really. Like you can make jokes, but you're not saying one thing is another thing. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you're you're putting it out there. The story, the jokes are what actually happened, not. Um, you're not saying one thing represents another thing. You're literally putting it out there so that people know what you're talking about, right? Okay. So that's kind of how I saw it anyway. It's like when you, if you're making a political record, you sort of have to say what you're saying, not try to say it in metaphors because it'll get too confusing. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Right. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that's kind of where my head was at when I was trying to sort like of it, interpret your vocals and stuff like that. Okay. Is there a particular lyric that you're talking about? or I don't have one off the top of my head. I just I, That's what I wrote down in my notes. Um, but, if, I mean, if you want to put lay down another sample from this song or something, uh, you're more than welcome to. All right, let's see here. This is pretty direct. I would, no, go ahead. I would pull up the email, but, uh, you know, I'm wearing this is my phone right now. I yeah. can't really pull up an email while I'm talking here. That's okay. Let's see here. 
The Second Amendment will always stand up. And guess what, Parkland? We don't give a fuck. The NRA, they pay for all of our bills. Their love of guns, it gives me chills. See, what I'm saying is, like, you're saying the NRA does this. You know what I mean? This politician does this. You're not mincing words. You're not trying to, like... Make any metaphors? I don't know. No. That's, I don't know. That's just kind of the point I was trying. You're 100 anyway. on. Like I wanted to make sure the you know the couple Trump fans that will actually listen to this will understand it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you're right. Now's a good time. Uh, maybe now's a good time to talk about that one troll uh, <laughs> that like you put up the uh, you put up the Ivanka teaser mm-hmm. and immediately. Somebody commented, this is the worst thing you've ever done. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, I can't remember what the quote was. Um, he wasn't nice about it, though. <laughs> no. So let me tell you about some. So so most of the, um, I was going to say this for the end, but. Um, so. Well, do you want to, we can still save it for the end. Of- all right, let's save it for the end, because I'd like to have a whole okay. little thing about the trolls. <laughs> okay. But. You know, so but you know, there, but to, is there anything you want to say about this song in particular? Um, even though it's still right on the nose, I really like the um, chorus lyrics uh, to this song, which yeah. is "Guns, God, and government is what I stand for." Although I've never shot a gun, read a verse, or ever governed before, um, and to me, that is like as Trumpian as you can be. We're like. Like, he has such passionate views about things that has nothing to do with him at all, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of interesting, you know? And, uh, you know, he has kind of flip-flopped a little bit on some stuff here and there. You know, he's not as passionate about things as he tries to make it seem like he is if you just look a little bit into his history. Oh, of course, uh, of course, absolutely. I mean, matter of fact, like the lyrics that end that song is um, uh, the best part is I have all the religious votes, and what they don't even know is I don't even believe in God. Like that's what kind of like right. kills it, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you know, people think he's way more passionate into their particular topic that they care about when he's totally not. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're getting more into political conversation. We are. We are. We should knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say that he tends to um, toe the party line when it serves his uh, purpose, whatever his purpose is that day. Yeah. Um, Any hoozle, let's move on because we got to keep things positive here. Hey, uh, Selmo, next question of the questionnaire. Uh, what do your parents think about you hating America? I don't think... That's, that's, that's tongue-in-cheek, obviously. I don't think you hate... I don't think you hate America. I don't think your parents think you hate America. But uh, have you... To, to totally side-question that question, <laughs> have what do you have political conversations with your parents ever or your family members? Is it a thing that comes up? Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Our, our Thanksgiving dinners are very political for sure. Um, okay. You know, the majority of my parent or majority of my parents, <laughs> the majority of my family members <laughs> and, you know, see, you know, like agree with my political views for the most part. And then I have okay. like, I have one or two, 
family members, but not like super close family members. So it's good. Like it's not like somebody I interact with on like a weekly basis or anything, but I have a couple of Trumpians in the family, you know, you know, far away. So whenever we see each other for like, you know, you know, like my grandmother just died. So a lot of family members like came down and shit like that. And then there was definitely Mm -hmm. a lot of heated arguments that week, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. But the majority of people close to me, like my parents, you know, my brother and sisters or whatever, like they're pretty much on the same page with these things. So it's, uh, it's not a problem. Even if they weren't, it's not a problem. Yeah, I think it's uh, important for if if you're gonna have a family that's gonna like if you're gonna have a healthy family environment, especially with how divisive shit is right now, it helps if they uh, are rational thinking people and understand that not everyone necessarily thinks the same way about things that they that they do. You know. Mm. Uh, I, from my side of this, is that I also have sprinkling of um, right side kind of thinking people. Uh, But for the most part, we're all on the same line on the more leftish, you know. I I sort of see myself as sort of a, a centrist. I side on the side of uh, common sense Mm. oh for sure you know what i mean for sure like i really don't like getting um i get stuff in the mail from the democratic side i never asked for it (laughs) but i guess somehow they find out how to vote and then you get the mail so yeah um anyway let's move on shall we yeah uh track eight don't stop campaigning. Uh, so this is the one that took me the most by surprise and that got me the most excited about your record. Interesting. Um, we we talked a little bit about it, but here here's what I wrote before I said anything to you about it. The opening is very priesty, Judas priesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guitar tone is definitely Judas priest like inspired. I can tell. Uh, I wrote that this song is anthemish, uh, and as I'm going through, I wrote that it's my favorite so far. And then you can tell where I get to the point where it's in the chorus, and I wrote, "Don't stop believing." <laughs> so then I wrote to close out my notes for the song. This song is the shit. So. Interesting. Um, so when I wrote to you that I absolutely loved this tune, you said that it's more of a joke song than anything. Yeah. Kind of ela- kind of elaborate on the song and what your idea behind it was and uh, what your intent was sure. in putting it on the record. Sure. So um, I wanted a song, obviously, about how much Trump just keeps having rallies and keeps like in front of people, which is very strange for a politician who's not like in the middle of a campaign or like a reelect or anything. It just, you know, but I definitely wanted it to have an eighties vibe. And I, I, I mean, more than an eighties vibe. Like I literally thought of like, if Trump actually wrote songs, 
um, he would probably steal them, right? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like, even, like, yeah. Melania steals, like, Michelle Obama's speeches and shit, like, you know. So, like, I was like, he would totally steal, like, some 80s songs. That was probably the last time he listened to music. And, like, you know, like, you know, just fucking steal them. So, so there's two little thieveries here. One is the Don't Stop Believing, obviously. And the other yeah. one is the Aha um you know what the fuck's it called take on me or whatever take on me right so like i stole yeah. i stole that as well i don't even know if you even picked up on that <laughs> i i mean i recognized i've recognized at least a few different moments that i was like i know that you know yeah. one was the don't stop believing the first, uh i wasn't sure if the first riff was like a direct priest thing but it's very close at least in tone and then uh and then i'm sure when i heard the aha thing it was like in my head but i didn't know it you know yeah. what i mean yeah uh so so it's funny you say that the uh intro is a priest thing because i actually didn't know that or think about that at all like my actual inspiration oh, okay. yeah my actual inspiration for that riff was actually um holy diver by uh, ronnie james dia was kind of like you know, where I kind of inspired that rift out of, but, you know, but because it, 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 you know, like I, like I wanted it to be an eighties song. Like I definitely started with like the chorus effect on and like all that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's a funny song. I think it's probably the most kind of calling out his fan base song. It's very much about certain States and how they vote against their own interests and how he spends a lot of time there with the people that he likes, like he, he's always in certain States that nobody really has any reason to go to. <laughs> uh, and you know, he, uh, well, that kind of hits home here because, um, he campaigned here, here in Missouri the week that we had our election, uh, recently mm -hmm. and, uh, got people to vote against our own interests. So, uh, you know, we, just voted down uh, a proposition not that long ago that was pretty anti-union in nature. Mm. And uh, come around to this election, they voted uh, for a politician into power here. Uh, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. But all of his interests are anti-union. So... Why are we doing these things that don't make any sense? Because politicians like Trump come here and they convince us to when it doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> so and anyway. same thing. I mean, same thing happened in Florida. Like he was here the week of the yeah. election as well. And our, I mean, I'm sure you saw on the news. Our election was a nightmare full of mistrust and people saying yeah. and, and recounts. And, 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 and <laughs> Yeah, it was a re-deal of the whole, like, uh, the chat thing from mm. back in the day. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah the... Florida's always a shit show. Always. I mean, not, e not even just politically. Florida's always just a shit show. Although one thing Florida did vote for that makes me um, pretty happy is they allowed uh, former convicts uh, the right to vote again. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that I, passed. I yeah. I saw that that was an issue they were 
but like prisons were striking over and stuff like that, like hunger striking over. So that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So, um, I, so I think allowing, you know, people with records to be able to vote in the future. I mean, one, it only makes sense because if you've done your time and you're allowed back in a society, then that should be like fully right. Um, but two, I think that'll help with at least for me with my agenda <laughs> or not agenda, yeah. but like, you know, like the, you know, the politics, the politics I like, I think convicts will be more um, in line with. So we'll see. We can only hope. Um, yeah. But back to this song, this is the yeah. one that I think should be the single. Actually, this is the, this is number one single Ivanka. If you can get it past the censors, once you put the, uh, <laughs> once you put the, uh, made for TV vocals on it or whatever. <laughs> I feel like Journey. Uh, I feel like Journey would sue me if I if I made this song a single. But <laughs> hey, hey, man, uh, you know, you got to try. <laughs> hey, can I tell you something? Uh, this song sure. almost didn't even make the album. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, this was a super like that chorus singing. I must have done a hundred times, and then finally, I was just like, "This is just." good enough because i just can't get it any better <laughs> well i mean honestly like i feel like he, okay when i listened to it it came across as like okay i know he's trying really really hard to nail the our tone of the original style of vocals that don't stop believing is right yeah, yeah. but but it's coming across. Did I? Oh, I had my thumb <laughs> over the camera. Uh, it's coming across like he's doing karaoke. So, <laughs> Hence the problem. So, yeah. but, but the tone. But the tone of the song. It fits because it's a joke version of a song. So right. It's kind of like Weird Al almost, mm-hmm. where. He's never nailing any of those vocals, really. Like sure. it's a jokey version, so it's acceptable. I and I know, like it's it's in earnest. Like you were trying really hard, but well, I still wanted it to come off as a joke, obviously. So it's sort of like a delicate. Yeah, so, it's like I want it to be a joke, but I want it to be good. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so that means in earnest, you were doing the best that you could with it. So. I feel like it works. I yeah. don't know. I, I, I'm glad you kept it on there. So that's all I'm saying. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's just funny enough that maybe it should be released. So. I'm telling you, man, I feel like if you put that online, people would, uh, if you put it on the Facebooks, people would, uh, ha ha smiley. They would, <laughs> they would, they would, uh, love the post. Uh, they would do all that kind of fun stuff. So interesting. Um, let's move on to the next uh, question I have for you, which is, uh, Thelma, I've never been baptized. Can you baptize me right now? Right now? Yeah, do it. Yeah, grab a bottle of water. I will bless it for you with my unholy god godness. I what does that say? What kind of water is that? <laughs> it's essentia. Overachieving H2O. Wow, okay. I mean, I, I personally would never be baptized in anything on anything that's not Fiji, but... 
Oh, so Fiji is a requirement for baptisms now? I didn't probably. Know. Probably. I mean, I mean, we're a hipster nation now, you know. Fiji is more expensive. F- Lindsay says Fiji's more expensive. But I don't. High exactly. Water is better for you because apparently, from a scientific study, that it actually kills cancer cells in your body. <laughs> Lindsay is apparently drinking um, water that kills cancer. Okay. Maybe you should tell doctors about that because. So okay, so we'll, uh, we'll save this conversation for later. All right, but as a good uh, Christian, do you want to be baptized in water that's going to cure cancer, so it takes you longer to get to Jesus, or do you want expensive ass like awesomeness that like Moses parted and bottled? That's the question. I'm not. I'm not very particular, honestly, <laughs> and uh, it offends me that you're doing. I'm a Christian. Uh, you just asked for a baptism. <laughs> It's not going. We're gonna move on. Okay, We're move moving on. on. Moving on to keeping your enemies close. Yeah, track nine. Keep your keep your enemies close. Uh, here's what I wrote. I like how this one is pieced together. Uh, I feel like the drums and guitars are pretty on point, and I like the bomb sound effect, <laughs> the explosion sound effect at the end. <laughs> um. Yeah, this goes. This kind of song reminded me goes back to something we talked about already, though. That uh, you seem to know that too much vocals can hurt, and like you got to lay back and strategically, yeah. strategically place them. Yeah, uh, and that's pretty evident in this song. For sure, big instrumental sections. Um, as far as vocals go, I do love the chorus. Um, that Kim Jong Un, I love you, like whole, you know, whole bit. Yeah. It's pretty fucking amazing. Um, See, you, you're, here you go smelling your own farts again. No, like, like the lyrics aren't amazing. The fact that this happened and I could write a song about it is what amazes <laughs> yeah, yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and and just so people could, you know, couldn't be like Trump never said anything like that. I literally put the clip at the end of the song, so there's no, there's no denying that this happens. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it's uh, it's kind of every day something comes up. I I actually started uh, reading the newspaper again. We have a pretty good newspaper here in town, and um, that's the only way I can consume this information with like without getting mad about it. Like, mm-hmm. I, um, I don't know. We keep sinking back into these conversations, but it's a. I think reading the information for what it is, is an easier way to consume this stuff. You know, I don't have to actually listen to him spew the garbage. I can read it and analyze it that way and put it in perspective and process it my own way, you know, instead of the way it is fed to me by a TV or whatever. Yeah. uh, Or by my, by this thing that we're talking on right now. Sure. Um, but yeah, I uh, I dug this track. Uh, you know, I like I said, the, I felt like the way you put it together was interesting. I I did like the longer instrumental section too in this. Um, but yeah, it's good, man. It's got some um, like I like the guitar solos in it too. They're pretty metalish, you know. So it, it's definitely a heavy track for sure. Yeah, we. I mean. You tend to lean more on the heavy side with the record in general, but yeah. that's not to say 
it doesn't have different approaches and different tones in your guitar and all that kind of stuff. So right. I dig it. I dig it. Let's move on to the next question. Um, hey, Thelmo, uh, actually two questions unrelated to each other. Uh, do you tan? Do I tan? <laughs> yes. Do you tan? I mean, it's I mean, as simple as it sounds. I mean, not intentionally. I do am outside sometimes, and sun soaks into my pores. I don't go to well, a tanning I, salon. I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I was going for. Do you go to a tanning salon and fit, and make an effort to tan? You know what's funny? Skin? You know what's funny? Like in New England, like every fucking mile has like a tanning salon, right? Um, yeah. but like in Florida, you rarely ever see any, which I assume like, it's just a better state to tan for real. In. <laughs> but uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's sunnier. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but either way, the answer is no, I've, I've never stepped foot in a tanning salon. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to New England, uh, you know, Boston area. So I, I mean, I just kind of assume it's not really sunny as often as it is in Florida so that. No. It just sort of makes sense. Uh, second question. Um, the Rolling Stones mostly suck, right? Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, me neither. Okay. Mm. I'm glad. See, some of these questions have correct answers. Especially compared uh, to the fact that they came out in a time where there's so much other great music. Like, if you really want to listen to early 70s music, like Zeppelin, Hendrix, Pink Floyd, they all completely shit on the Rolling Stones, I think. So it's not even like a generational thing because I do like music of that era. It's just they suck. <laughs> yeah, there's like maybe one song or I don't know, like Honky Tonk Woman or something like that. Is that a song by them? I don't know. The only song I know is like something about like his door is painted black or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's one about horses. I know there's one about horses. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, okay, so anyway... Let's get to the closing track of the album. It's been a long road, but we're here. We are here. Uh, Build the Wall Part 2. Yes. All right, we will. Right. Uh, Okay, so this is the acoustic reprise of the previous theme, right? Um, The chorus is really good. Lyric placement is where it should be. Uh, the main riff is catchy. I like that the solo theme returns, uh, and acoustic tacos is what I wrote. <laughs> is also returns. I'm not, even, huh? I'm not even sure what acoustic tacos means, but. <laughs> no, it's that same acoustic part as the f- intro. Um, I actually stole that idea from Pink Floyd's The Wall, where, like, the album starts and ends with the same riff. So if you were listening to it, like, on repeat, it would just kind of seamlessly kind of combine together. And um, so, yeah, like, it definitely, it it ends back at the beginning, basically. You know what I mean? So. Right. Ties it all together. But, yeah. Um, I also really like that chorus. I think it's pretty uh, funny and, and, and on the nose. <laughs> so yeah, I mean you're you're not missing any words here. It's it's it is what it is, right? No. Uh, yeah, I did, I I mean, 
it's very proggy too to end and start the album with like you kind of bookended it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, which, like you said, is a very Pink Floyd thing to do. Uh, I want to say they did that more than once. I know. Well, animals. They have the pigs three ones thing, right? Isn't right. that a theme that returns? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I dig that approach. I think it's good. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. So, do you have any extra thoughts on that song that you want to mention? I think it's um, a really good closer. Um, not only does it tie it all in, but it kind of has this kind of at least, I, you know, I hope it does. It has this kind of almost like climactic feel to it yeah. that kind of ends it well, I think. So I like it. It's one of my favorites. Um, you know, um, th- there's a lot of cool use of effects on this album. Like I wanted to like use all my little toys. So there's a lot of cool like delays yeah. and, you know, all kinds of other little crazy uh, guitar shit that I'm sure most of your listeners don't want to listen to, but, (laughs) um, you know, it's just nice. You know, there's a harmonizer on, you know, on the melody at the end and it's just a lot of cool stuff. So I hope people like it or, or they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, I get to you put a lot of thought in, uh, the different guitar tones so, you know, we mentioned the vocal approach. It, like, top to bottom, you put a lot of time and thought into everything that you decided to do on each song. So, uh, and for nothing else, you put a ton of fucking effort into this, and it shows. You know what I mean? Awesome. Uh, I, like I said before, I dug it. I definitely think now, you know, people are going to give it a chance. I, at least I hope they do uh, after listening to this. I mean... Why would they listen to his breakdown album that they're not going to ever even check out? That would be, that would kind of, that doesn't really make any sense. But, um, so, it's a, <laughs> a closing thought that I didn't really mention before. Kind of, uh, on the overall, like, creation of art kind of subject is that, you have, in in kind of life in general, you have like 80 years, 90 if you're like super lucky or maybe unlucky depending on if you want to be super old like that. <laughs> uh, but at best, you have like 80 or 90 years right, on the planet Earth. So you be the best that you can while you are among the living, right? Like you do things like this. You create art projects. Whatever you are passionate about, you do this thing, right? Um, and you do that despite what anybody would ever say about it. You don't even, I don't even take it into consideration anymore. I used, like when I was younger and thinking about making music and that kind of thing, I really would get super in my head about what people would think about the final product, you know how people would interpret what I'm doing. Um, now I'm at a point where it's like, you just do the thing because you enjoy to do the thing. And I think when you make a record like you just made, where it is going to 
be divisive. It, people are going to be turned off about it, but you don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? You just do the thing. Yeah. So I think I think that's something that people can be inspired by. Like, just do what you are set to, out to do. Um, others, there there are plenty of people in this world that could never even come close to being able to do something like you just did, which is make a record. You know what I mean? Like, there are people in fucking third world countries that don't even know that it's even possible to do, to make art like this. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, there are places in, uh, in Africa, let's say, where you're talking third world countries where they don't have phones, they don't have anything. They just have drums that they make themselves out of the skin of animals, you know. And then they create it with each other, and they never record it or anything, but they, they it's it's precious to them, and they make it, and they don't give, their concept of caring whether people like it or not is not a thing. That's a thing that we have in our society, you know what I mean, that to me makes no sense, you know. To feel like you need to make something to impress others or whatever, to even give a flying fuck about what anybody thinks about what you create is just as stupid. So, you should be grateful that you have the ability to create art. That is a thing that you are uh, able to do. And if you don't, if you are not grateful for that, if anybody out there is not grateful for what they have and what are able to do, then you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh, you need to realize the things that are at your feet and praise them and be grateful for them always, right? And this album, and I know that's like not really the message of the record. That's sort of what I'm saying now. That's I. I just whenever I see that somebody has created something independently. It always is inspiring to me, regardless of what kind of if it's a political thing, regardless if it's a non-political thing, regardless if there's if it's an instrumental record, whatever it is, it is inspiring to me that people are able to do it. So, um, I want to thank you for being grateful for what the abilities that you have uh, that that. Some people might say they were given to you by God or whatever. You know, they're a gift. Um, I, I, I just want to lay my thanks at your feet and say thank you for creating something. And, uh, and people should take the time to listen to your thing because you put a lot of time and effort and love into doing it. And if it peeves you because of your political bullshit, whatever, you know what I mean? You're uh, obviously stuck up your butt a little bit about that, uh, and that will lead us into our troll thing. But I don't know, <laughs> if you have any comments about what that whole spiel I just did, you can you can say them. But um, that's kind of going to put us into the whole troll comment thing that we were going to get to yeah. at the end of this. Yeah. So one, um, I mean, I think you're spot on with everything you just said. 
and and I think I think that you know gratitude is kind of what separates. You know, you said something important, which was I used to when I was younger, teenager, whatever. You know, first few bands, I used to care a lot more about what people thought. And, you know, some of that is age, right? When you're younger, like, you, you know, you're more insecure. So, like, you know, the shirt you're wearing or the the designer sneakers or whatever, like, all matters a little more. And as you get older, you're like, I'm not paying fucking $200 for sneakers. What am I, retarded? That shit's like half my <laughs> rent. You know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. you know, part of it is that. But, I, you know, but uh, uh, you know, uh, an important thing you, you, you said was that gratitude – you know, for your gifts. And obviously there's millions of people on this planet that have way less than we have. Um, so absolutely, man. I mean, I agree with that hundred percent, man. You got to be grateful for the things you have. Um, you should always strive for more, but you shouldn't let it consume you, obviously. You know what I mean? So I don't even know what to add to that. It, it was fucking beautiful, man. <laughs> I'm teary eyed. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, that's just sort of like, I don't know if we need to get more bogged down into it, but it's sort of a personal philosophy that I have embraced. Um, you know, there you it, shit in your life goes in waves. You know what I mean? Like, you're successful at certain times. You're less successful at other times. You're in and out of bands. Like, we're musicians, so... You're in and out of projects over the course of your life. Some of them are awesome. Some of them not so awesome. But, like, you you reach these moments of high understanding eventually. Like, where I feel like I'm at right now is that, one, I don't give a fuck. And I'm just doing what I do, and it makes me happy to be able to do what I do. And, two, I'm grateful to be able to reach a place like that and to have the ability to still do the thing that I love to do that I discovered when I was very young uh, and that I am always, every single day, inspired by people like yourself and people out there in the world that create things. You know? um, so the gratitude thing is very important to me, and um, anytime something like this comes up where I can express that, I like to. So nice. um, having said that, Let's get to some people who are ungrateful. The opposite. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, let's address a couple of trolls here. Maybe not specifically by name, but just give me your thoughts on the initial response. And this isn't going to end our podcast on a negative either. No. We have to do our ham and eggies too. So um, we'll try to end on something funny at the end. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so... um... Well, you know, trolls aren't always bad because sometimes they give you good ideas, right? So if you noticed, the initial iteration of the album cover was only Donald Trump. And now um, I added his good friend Hillary to it, right? Um, Yeah. One, because she's a clown too, really. But two, that actually came from something that I noticed when I first, even before I released Ivanka's Ballad, I released like a little teaser which was like, you know, five seconds of like a couple of songs kind of like mixed together. I don't know if you listened to that or not, but, um, and, and, you know, and I made the mistake of posting it on my Dream Theater Radio Facebook page because I figured, 
you know, I got a lot of friends and shit there, so I, I'll post it on that, right? So that's where a lot of the hate came from because I think everyone on my personal, you know, Facebook or on my musical, you know, like uh, like my Thelmo Rigo music Facebook was already kind of expecting it because I've been talking about it. But over there was like a completely new place and something very interesting happened. Uh, I got trolled as fuck, right? Which is fine. Like, we'll talk about that. We can talk about some of those comments. But the problem I had was I looked at the amount of trolling messages I had and then I went to SoundCloud and looked at how many listens that little teaser had and it wasn't even close to to the same number. Like like one out of every five people that trolled me even bothered to turn it on and listen to it, right? So I came to the understanding that I was actually being trolled more for the artwork than for the music itself. Like most of them didn't even get past the artwork and want to click yet felt the need to write me a nice comment. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I found that interesting and I ended up changing the cover because of that. Um, not because I give a shit about how many people are trolling me, but because I didn't want them to be put off without even giving it a, you know, a listen. Cause then it's just pointless. Right. Um, right. So I wanted a cover that was slightly more neutral so that they would at least get to track one, like before they started fucking calling me names and shit. Right. So, um, yeah. So, you know, that was kind of the motivation behind it, but yeah, I mean, I got called an asshole. I got, I was, I, I got called a joke. Quite a few people told me to go fuck myself. Um, but within all that, I also had people that really liked it a lot. And thought it was funny and couldn't wait to hear the rest. So it was, uh, you know, it was a lot more negative than positive. I'm not going to try to like skew that, but it was very interesting. <laughs> Why are you sending me more pictures, fucker? <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was taking a, uh, this is sidetrack, but I was taking a photo so I could post it later. Oh, okay. Uh, cause, yeah, cause I was trying to take a photo with my phone or <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be natural. Oh, um, I see. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. I. I feel like uh, you turned a negative into a positive by adjust, like tweaking the, like you said, tweaking the album cover a little bit. Uh, you know, doing a tiny bit more research, realizing it's a very small minority of the people. Uh, that are saying something and even in that small minority most of them weren't even listening so um yeah it's it doesn't really surprise me too much that they were speaking from a place of ignorance but um i'm glad that you recognized it and didn't you know you know like it's like we were saying earlier like actually give a shit you know yeah I know you you want people to listen, but you don't give too much of a shit that it dissuaded you from continuing with putting your vision out there. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. But, you know, one comment that I actually took to heart was one guy said, you know, rather I support this idea or not, um, it's obviously polarizing and you're hurting Dream Theater by posting this on this page. Um, mm. And I actually th- like, like, like I'm a reasonable person, you know what I mean? So I actually thought about that and I was like, you know what? This guy is absolutely right. So I actually deleted it 
off the Dream Theater Radio page just because, you know, I I certainly don't want my album, which is very uh, black and white, you either love it or hate it, to affect Dream Theater in any way, who is not making a, a political statement, right? <laughs> so, um, so I did take it off there just for that reason, not because of the hate, but really like, like, you know, that one comment really rang true with me. So I wanted to respect that. But um, yeah, and it's and it's not Dream Theater related, so it just it uh, you know it's logical that you would not want to pe- maybe put it on a page that is not related to Dream Theater. Right? right, exactly, exactly. You know, in my initial thought, I even I think I put it in the original comments, like not Dream Theater related, but it's pretty proggy music and stuff. If you guys want to check it out, like kind of thing. And um, that was a mistake. So once that was pointed out to me, I definitely. You know, so it's not that I ignore trolls completely. Like, if they have a valid thing to say, then they have a valid thing to say. Like, I try to approach everything from a logical standpoint the best I can, anyway. Um, so, so, yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, um, even the negative comments I took as positive because, like you mentioned earlier, mo- all my other music has been like prog metal, like instrumental music, right? So, by and large, even if I put out the most fantastic album that ever existed, very few people are going to give a shit about that genre. So it was nice to get any attention, uh, which is better than no attention, which is what that genre normally gets, you know? So right, it, right, it, it, right. it was kind of cool in that way. But, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, you kind of have to take it with what the territory is. You know what I mean? Like, you know what you're getting yourself into by taking on such a divisive topic. It's not like this is your, you know, you like to been taking on this stuff on the internet for a, well, a couple of years now. Uh, so it's not like you're speaking from a place of ignorance. No. Um, you, you're able to correct uh, certain behavior if you think that it isn't just like you didn't think it was necessarily justified to put your thing on the Dream Theater page, so you took it off. So you're not without reason. You know what I mean? So right. that so people who are listening to this and listening to the record should know that too. You're not you're not trolling. That's that is the thing like. I feel like people who commented on your thing and said shitty things about just the album cover are the ones who don't realize that, that you're not just troll. Yeah. You're speaking from a place of knowledge (laughs) and you're just doing a thing that you felt inspired to do. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever in my book. So, and like I said, like Uh, this was kind of my farewell to this bullshit, to be honest, because I yeah. full I fully intend to really not be res- involved at such a deep level going forward with this stuff. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. Hopefully that works. <laughs> so there's a couple more questions left on the questionnaire. Let's do it. Uh that I didn't get to. <laughs> hey Thelmo, uh would you go to a rodeo with me? Sure. You tell me where and yeah, when. Have you ever been to a rodeo? No. <laughs> uh, I I went to a rodeo once that was before a Ted Nugent concert. 
Um, I wish I was joking. That sounds about <laughs> no. That sounds about right. Yeah, that would that it makes really sense. Does. Um, it was it was a surprise rodeo. It was at the Jefferson County Fair here in beautiful Missouri. Um, okay, so Hilmo, uh, when I was on vacation in Florida, I went to the dog races. Is that a thing that you have ever done in Florida? Gone to the dog races? I I never have. Although there's the biggest dog racing thing in Florida is actually right here in St. Pete. But no, I've never been in there. And matter of fact, that was another thing that was on the ballot um, in this election. And dog racing is now illegal in Florida, as of what? Yeah. So that. Okay, be gone. so that that brings me to my next question: Why do you <laughs> hate animals so much? And why did you <laughs> why did you vote to keep dog racing in Florida? I'm putting your ass to the fire. I I did not vote to keep dog racing in Florida. You're a, however, lie. However, don't lie to my listeners. Well, let me just say this about animals. You know, some people say, um, I like other people's kids, not my own, like kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't want kids, but I like your kids, or your kids are assholes, which is the reason I don't want kids, or something. You know, some variation of that. So with pets. This is my thing, right? The whole thing about Florida is like there's so much to do and you pretty much have good enough weather almost every day of the year to go do it, right? So this yeah. is this is my thing about pets. Pets to me kind of tie you down where like now you have to make plans for everything you want to do and you lose a spontaneity in life. So I actually hate pets even though I have two cats <laughs> myself they came with the wife, so I'm stuck with them until they die. But there's not going to be any pets after that. <laughs> and the reason is, one, I'm sick of cat litter boxes in my fucking house. But even more importantly than that, I, if I want to wake up tomorrow morning and be like, yo, bitch, let's just go to Miami or let's go to the Keys or let's go do whatever the fuck we want to do today. Just take off and drive in a random direction. I don't want the responsibility of like, oh, wait, there's a fucking cat here. Now, let me call my mom and ask her if she could come feed the fucking thing later tonight <laughs> or something stupid. Like, like, you know, like having a pet and having a child as well is like very like, you know, you, you know, you lose the spontaneity in your life, which I don't like. I don't have my kids all the time, so I can at least be like 50% of my life. I could be spontaneous and do whatever the fuck I want to do on those days. So it's sort of like, that's my thing with pets. <laughs> you probably didn't expect a real answer, but. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I, I expected you to answer for your awful behavior of voting for dog racing in Florida. Like, I can't believe you would do something like that. But um, now I understand why you hate dogs and animals so much. And you've really ingratiated yourself to our listeners by saying how much you hate animals um well again i just hate my animals because they bog me down i love your cats that's not, they look so cute sitting you, behind you if you can you see him i don't know there's something shaped like a cat behind you i don't know what it is he's it he's actually in his cage right now oh okay uh See, I don't even cage yeah. my cats, so that makes you a bigger animal hater than me. I don't put my cats actually, in cages ever. <laughs> actually, see, that's where you're wrong. Hold, I, but I gotta, I gotta address some other stuff. Okay, number one, 
you can fix the cat litter uh, box problem by getting a nice one that has like, okay, so there's a shelf on top where there's a hole in the shelf. So like he goes down in it and poops in it and then comes back up out. So there's not litter spilling all over around the sides of it and shit. I don't know if your lady friend, your wife has some kind of weird setup with the litter box, but these cool litter boxes allow less litter spillage. Uh, so look into that. Second point. Who scoops Jimmy, it though? Does the box um, self does the box self no. scoop itself? They make those too. They do make those. They're not that expensive either. They're uh, you can you can look into that as well. But uh, point, Jimmy uh, may or may not be responsible for killing his roommate's cat. So I think you may have a friend on the podcast because it sounds like you want your cats to be murdered. Uh, now, you don't have to say yay or nay to that. We can just leave that as it is, uh, which is sort of the zone where Jimmy is, where he won't deny or confirm murdering his roommate's cat. Um, well, can I just say, like, I wouldn't go murder a cat, but I will. I don't believe you. But I will overfeed it so it dies sooner of bad cholesterol and shit like that. Like, I'll let it eat bad food. <laughs> oh, man. That's really funny. There um, is one thing I love about cats, though. Have you ever like like got a cat like super high on catnip and watched it like go fucking crazy for like an hour? Like like oh, that's yeah. quite enjoyable. Yeah. I like that. Oh, totally. <laughs> See, so you're not you're not totally uh, without love for animals. I mean, it may seem like it on the surface, <laughs> but uh, and you may vote, you know, for. Terrible, awful dog racing, but you know, deep down inside of you, you have a love for dogs and cats, and I feel that, and I see that when I when I look at your face right now. Sure. Um, well, I think that was it. I think that that concludes our questionnaire. Uh, that almost concludes our podcast. Um, oh, the cage thing! I almost forgot to uh, talk about the cage thing real quick. The cage is because I love him. And let me tell you why. The cat likes to eat everything. Things that are not food, he likes to eat. So, the cage, and it's a it's a humane-sized cage. It's a dog cage, so he has plenty of room. Uh, there's even room for the litter box in there. Um, that's so he doesn't kill himself. See, we don't want our cat to die, uh, which is different than your approach to being a pet owner, which is wanting your pet to die. So, um, That's so strange I to hate- me. <laughs> like, I feel like you love cats and wrestling equally, and I figured, like, the cat, the cat would be who you practice, like, your suplexes on and shit like that. You know what I mean? Or, like... I actually I actually don't do very many suplexes on him. What we do is make him dance for our entertainment, which um, I, I wish I could demonstrate what his dance is to you, but I'm holding the phone, so I can't really... <laughs> but his arms are just sort of straight out like this, right and... And and you move them in time to whatever song is playing, and that's pretty much how he dances. Gotcha. Uh, I know this is all super interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, whatever. I don't care. 
<laughs> All right. So, as you know, as a former guest, we name our ham and eggies uh, of the week. So, uh, I'm going to go first and just think about a person, place, or thing that can be podcast related or not that uh, you hate, that you extremely dislike. And uh, based on our conversation today, mine is going to be other people's kids. Um, I strongly dislike other people's kids. I feel like they are... Say what? Your nieces are cool. I think family is something that you deal with a little more than, like, friends, kids, or whatever. I just don't really enjoy the having to deal with a screaming kid when I have nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't create this thing that's screaming, and I... And being forced to be around it. Uh, so that's why I don't have a kid. Uh, that's why I've been careful over the years and not had kids with people who I'm not with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, my hamadiggies, other people's kids, and Jimmy's probably going to call me an asshole for even ever having that in a hamadiggie. But uh, anyway, Thelmo, you've had some time to think. Who is your ham and eggy of the week? So, uh, two things. Number one, my ham and eggy is a magic planet where program jumps are, are acceptable. Um, <laughs> th- th- that place should okay. never exist. Um, secondly, I just wanted to comment on yours. Um, okay. Wait. Never mind. I lost it. Fuck other people's kids. They're a bunch of assholes. Anyway, um, <laughs> I totally forgot where I was going with that. But... Uh, yeah, kids are annoying, especially like at Walmart screaming. I'm like, I'm here to buy cheap ass Chinese knockoffs of expensive shit. Can you leave me in peace, little fucking twat face? Uh, and then she runs and tells her mom I called her that. It's just a bad situation. But anyway, what's your next question? <laughs> yeah. So, so my answer is the world yeah, where that. programmed drums are acceptable. <laughs> okay, so well, but that would mean your ham and egg is. Is the world where drums are not acceptable? So, so my world is is a ham and egg. Is what you're trying to say? No, that's what I'm saying. My I'm saying the opposite of that. Okay. I'm saying program drums should never be acceptable in the real world. Oh, okay. So yeah. Pro, so so program drums are your ham and egg. But but my disclaimer is, in order for such a great world to exist, two things need to happen. More broke-ass bitches need to start playing drums, which you and I both know yeah. is an expensive fucking hobby, right? And they need to actually practice the drum so they actually can play on time and play in weird time signatures and shit and not just be a fucking asshole who drinks all your beer and then leaves once the beer's out, which is most drummers. So Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> yes, I am. I've never played in a band uh, where the drummer like was good and owned his own drum set. It's like one or the other. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's even I, like I can play drums and some say, some say fairly well, whatever. I went for years, not maintaining my drums and I had drums. They weren't good though. So like you said, it's expensive and finding the right combo of someone who can keep time and also afford it is there. It's, 
It's more rare than people think it is. It is. So that's uh, the whole reason for program drums, I think, is out of people's frustration for drummers or the lack thereof anyway. Because <laughs> yeah. finding a good drummer that's not already in six bands is fucking hard. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, I get I, I You know, what's weird about that, though, is like when you're not in a band, it, you can't find anybody worth the shit to jam with. Like that's... That that was my experience for a couple of years recently. It was like yeah. finding finding people on the internet, you know, and then you're running into people like you were talking about earlier who uh, they're not worth a the shit. They drink all your beer and leave and, you know, whatever. Uh, but that is going to close this fucking extra long podcast today. Wicked long. How, how long? <laughs> oh, you just, you just said a Bostonism. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That happens only in the wild. That, that is it does. It does. <laughs> How often do you say wicked? Like, is that like a thing that happens like every day? Um. Um. You, do you even at least you at least a few times a week, I'm sure. <laughs> but I don't say like like I don't say the cliche shit though. Like wicked pissa. Like I don't fucking say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you did say wicked, and nobody else says that. I did say people, wicked. So. That's true. God That's damn. true. This podcast is wicked as fuck. This uh, podcast is longer than a nay's schlong, and that's pretty fucking long. That's not, that's not long at all. <laughs> damn. I'm trying to hook you I, up. I actually, uh, on the next, uh, well, you previously recorded a uh, stinger for us where you said you have the smallest penis in all of florida or something like that did i and uh, i Damn. yeah <laughs> you did say that <laughs> i gotta stop taking drugs man it's fucked up <laughs> yeah you do okay so we're closing this episode now thanks everybody for listening to this extra long episode see you next time everybody bye bye